This is Kyle Larson, driving the number five ZL1 Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports. You're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Welcome to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Gearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Hal Burns Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene. Whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine, if you're into it, we are into it. Now, here is your host, David Swope. All right, good morning. It's race day. I'm so used to uh, saying it's Saturday morning, but uh, this is New Mexico Motorsports Report, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, We're so excited to get this opportunity uh, to do a pre-race show going into the Daytona 500. Um, And as always, my sidekick, Spencer Hill. How you doing, man? I'm so pumped up, Dave. Biggest day of the year for NASCAR. Daytona 500, the great American race. 40 drivers have it all on the line today, and we get to bring it to you right here live. Can't wait. It's going to be so, so exciting today. So let's hit us with the uh, the Mountain Dew. Chip, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. There we go. I I mean, that, you, that's you pretty much up. how it is. That's how I feel this morning. We are ready to go. Uh, so much to cover here in this show. Uh, looking forward to it, Dave. And what a cool opportunity. 75th uh, uh, anniversary for uh, NASCAR this season. Uh, race time is at 1230 Mountain. Um, that'll get going. So we're, we're not going to take any time. We're going to lead into that. Uh, we'll, we'll send it to uh, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Rusty Wallace uh, with MRN uh, when we come back. But the first thing I wanted to do uh, is an interview, a uh, question I had about the 2023 season for Kyle Larson. What are you looking forward to most? What do you think you have to work on most as you go into the 2023 season? Yeah, definitely. No, I'm excited about it. Um, it was kind of, I mean, I feel like I had a down year in a way, but when you look <laughs> at it, you know, three wins and still battling for an owner's championship at the end of the year was, you would say, pretty successful. But um, so, yeah, I, I feel like I didn't perform at a very good level throughout all of my racing the past this past season. So I just, if I feel like, if I feel like if I can just clean up you know, the mistakes and stuff, we should have an extremely good year again. So, um, just got to dig down and, and focus a little bit better and, uh, try to make a lot less mistakes. So, um, I've got a great team with Hendrick Motorsports and HendrickCars.com and, uh, Cliff Daniels leading the team. So I, I know I've got the, the best team out there to, to go win another championship. So just got to put all the pieces together and, um, see if we can do it. So, uh, look forward to it. It's been a quick off season and things are getting ready to fire back off here soon. So, um, yeah, just excited to get back racing. And that's, uh, Kyle Larson, um, talking about the 2023 season. Uh, he had three runner ups actually in the wild west shootout when he was here in New Mexico, um, in January. Um, and, uh, it just shows you, I mean, he's trying his skills at all different types of, of tracks, including having him here at New Mexico, didn't walk away with the victory, uh, but the Wild West Shootout was a heck of a show. It really was. Of course, Vado Speedway Park, one of the nicest facilities. We've said it time and time again on the New Mexico Motorsports Report show, uh, just how cool it is to have that right in our backyard, and even cooler to have a name like Kyle Larson, 2021 Cup Series champion, come down 
and really support Royal, what he's been doing down there. Of course, we've talked to Bobby Seals, not behind the mic yet, but that should be coming <laughs> soon. Uh, he has some big things in store, and it all kicked off this year with that Wild West shootout. As you said, he wasn't able to capture that victory that he was looking for, but that's good for us because he already announced that he is coming back next year for the Wild West shootout. So any Larson fans out there, if you missed him this year, don't worry. He's coming back, uh, and we're going to get to have that come back in our backyard and see him one more time here up close. Well, Kyle Larson, the uh, 2021 champ, uh, 10 victories. Uh, none of them were on super speedways. Um, talk about, I mean, Kyle Larson, I think he needs to work a little bit. It's kind of hard to say when you're on the outside of the front row that he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, but uh, he held it together in the duel. Uh, Kyle Busch was all over the back of him. I mean, it's still weird to see Kyle Busch with, you know, the number eight on there, but uh, still the same Kyle Busch. Yeah, and I, we talked a little bit about that yesterday on the New Mexico Motorsports Report. I don't know how he held on to that race car in the duel. He was trimmed out for qualifying. Of course, these drivers weren't able to make any changes to their cars from qualifying going into those duels. And we saw mayhem ensue uh, throughout the entire field because of that, I believe. But talking about Larson in particular, it was really interesting to me that he did the opposite in a lot of regards to his teammate, Alex Bowman. Mm -hmm. Bowman bailed out of the pack, held it together, just kind of rode there for the remainder of the 60 laps and just finished the race. That way he could start on the pole today. And Larson, uh, he was anything but that. He was up in the front of the field getting pushed around, shoved. And it's very interesting to me that he would put all the risk out there. When you have that outside pole, uh, it, it's it's not a move that a lot of drivers do. But, you know, I look at Larson a little bit different because he is a driver. And when I say driver, I'm not trying to knock the rest of the field. But he always wants to win, even if it's maybe not the right move. Right. He is willing to do whatever it takes to get up front, battle for that win, and make a show out of it the entire way. Going back to what you said, though, Dave, uh, I do think it's interesting that we're talking about Larson going into this Daytona 500 today because he is nothing uh, that close to what he's been on the 1.5-mile tracks, the short tracks, road courses. He has struggled at Daytona in particular. 17 starts, zero wins, zero top fives, and just five top tens in those 17 races eight DNFs at Daytona alone. Uh, he has struggled a lot at this racetrack, and I think a lot of that comes from the speed that they have early doesn't always transfer into those Hendrick Motorsports cars handling the best when it gets a little bit slippery out there. You get 25, 30-lap run on the tires. Everything's getting worn in, hot, slipping, sliding around, and we've seen those cars around more than once at this Daytona 500. So going to be interesting to see if he can bounce back. Uh, just in the, his last three races at Daytona, we see a crash at lap 164 when uh, they were at Daytona in 2000. In 21 for the summer race, and then last year in the 500, involved in a wreck on lap 190, and then in the summer race this last year, engine trouble. So, going to see what the number five can do today. Absolutely. So, uh, we asked him, um, "What would winning a Daytona 500 mean to your legacy?" Yeah, I mean it's it's the biggest stock car race there is by far. So, fortunate enough to accomplish a lot of cool things, you know, in my stock car career, especially you know in 2021, we checked off a lot. Yeah, the, the Daytona 500 would be would be a special one. Um I got close to winning in 2017, ran out of fuel lead in the last lap and 
you know, you just never know if you're going to have an opportunity again. And I haven't since then. So, um, I would love to, I would love to have that trophy and look at it. Cause it's, it's honestly been a race. It's a style of racetrack that I'm not very good at. So if I could win there, accomplishing something that you don't really think you can accomplish would be pretty special. Well, the green flag is set to fly, uh, at 1230 mountain. Um, and we'll be sending you to the MRN, uh, broadcast with Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and uh, Rusty Wallace. So excited to be involved in a broadcast with that caliber um, of people. Both you and I have done some announcing at racetracks, but uh, that that's some big style announcing. Absolutely. Uh, such a great opportunity today. And to bring that MRN broadcast here into the land of enchantment. Uh, love having that available for all of our listeners here on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Uh, looking forward to bringing a lot more information here in just a bit, too. Yeah, and this broadcast uh, has only happened with uh, with the sponsors uh, that were, help, were able to help us with that. Uh, seductions. Uh, three locations here in Albuquerque, uh, one in Santa Fe, uh, Halburn's uh, Truck and Equipment. Uh, 24-hour service can uh, help you when you're uh, when you're stranded. And, of course, uh, Swope Real Estate. Uh, if you're looking to buy, sell, um, invest, uh, reach out and give me a call. All right, so on the other side, uh, we're going to be talking about some, uh, some legends uh, that are in this race and some legends that are in their final season. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. Hi, this is Al Unser, four-time winner of the Indy 500. You've been listening to David Swope for the New Mexico Motorsport Report on ESPN Radio 1017, The Team. This is Alex Bowman, driver of the 48 Ally Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. You're listening to Spencer Hill and David Swope on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Gearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halpern's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Uh, coming up at 1230, green flag for the uh, Daytona 500. So excited. We've talked, I don't know how many years, uh, about doing this show. Um, on the out, we actually had a liner from uh, Allen's or Sr. Um, he passed away uh, in 2021, uh, died at the age of 82. But did you know that he finished fourth in the 1968 Daytona 500? Fourth, and he has four Indy 500 victories. That the number four seems to be lucky for him. Yeah, you know what? And it's funny you bring up number four because I think I know what you're leading into right now, and that might be a guy from Bakersfield, California. Yeah, let's see what uh, Kevin Harvick says about his legacy um, winning the Daytona 500. When you're around this sport for a long time, you understand the importance of having that Harley J. Earl trophy and having your name on it. And, and when you look at the names that are on it, you understand uh, the significance of who's won the race. And, you know, if you've done your job and properly understand what NASCAR racing is all about, uh, Daytona has that huge significance of 
what we what we are all about and with the racing on the beach and uh, how it's migrated into you know the biggest single race in our sport uh, understanding the the day the significance and especially the daytona 500 is is important well and see uh, kevin harvick uh perfect example uh jimmy johnson he couldn't stay away I mean, his car number is not even available. He had to go to the 84. You know what would be amazing um, would be if seven-time were to win. The 84, the number the 84, has never won um, in NASCAR in any race. Yeah, and as you said, those are two great names that we're happy to have uh, with us today. And, of course, we know for a fact Kevin Harvick, after the season, done with Cup Series racing. He said it. Uh, he, he's not saying he's retired from the Xfinity in the Truck Series, but this will be his last ever Daytona 500, and we're going to see if he can put it together today. We just talked about the stats on Kyle Larson. Looking at the stats on Kevin Harvick at Daytona, a little bit different story here, and a lot more laps. 43 starts with two wins, one of them, of course, being the 2007 Daytona 500. Uh, That was that crazy race with Mark Martin and him coming to the line, and Clint Boyer upside down and on fire. Uh, He does have that under his belt. And, of course, a Coke uh, 400 victory as well with that. And with those two wins, 11 top fives, 16 top tens, and only 10 DNFs. Wow. Um, It just hit me. Um, 22 years ago, yesterday, um, uh, we lost another seven-time champ uh, with with Earnhardt. Um, And that's a guy that... That race meant so much to him. It it for him to finally get that victory. Um, it, it's just amazing when when you think of uh, legends um, around uh, NASCAR and what they did specifically at the Daytona 500. Yeah, as you said right there, uh, that 1998 victory was just so memorable, not only for the Earnhardt family, uh, but for really NASCAR as a whole. I think everybody appreciated that. Of course, we always, still to this day, see that video of him coming down pit road and high-fiving every single crew member that came out uh, to the grass area. Just such an emotional victory for him, his family. He'd been trying for 20 years Mm -hmm. for that race, finally got it done, and then just a few short years after that, unfortunately, we lose him as he watches his team en route to victory with Michael Waltrip and his son pushing him. Uh, very, very difficult to understand that that is 22 years ago, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's honestly, I'm 25 right now, yeah. and that is one of my earliest memories of wow. NASCAR. And I think that'd be interesting for a lot of people to, to understand that is yeah. it's really, it's burned in my brain because I didn't understand what was going on exactly at the right. time because I was so young. Um, but I knew it was really important, and I knew it was a big impact in the sport, and I understood the sadness, even mm-hmm. though... You know, I didn't understand who Dale Earnhardt was right. for many, many years after that. Uh, but I understood somehow, even at that young age, how important that day was and the sadness that came with it. So uh, crazy to think that it's been that long. But uh, we're going to celebrate today. Of course, we have seven-time champ Jimmy Johnson back in the field. Yeah. Teamed up with another seven-time champ, Richard Petty. Going to be interesting to see how that goes. Well, in the full circle on that story... Um, is the uh, the three was rebranded as twenty nine uh, with Kevin Harvick, um, and so to have you know Kevin in this race and his significance to the sport, and yet you know you, you know we're going to see him in the booth. You know that the cars tour his involvement 
um, with that's going to be running SRX uh, this year. Uh, I thought the funny thing was uh, Kalen didn't want him to retire because uh, uh, Kalen wants to come out and race him. You know, and oh, I, I, know. I thought that was I thought that was great. But uh, talk a little bit about the Cars Tour um, and and why that's significant to um, to NASCAR in the feeder series. Yeah, so it's a stock late model series, very very popular throughout the Midwest and that southeastern part of the United States. They go to just the coolest, most historic racetracks that we can think of. Florence Speedway, we've seen Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, he's been racing his stock late model out there quite a bit. Uh, they go to, I mean, just every single short track that you can think of that has a lot of history behind it. Uh, you can guarantee the Cars Tour is going to go there. They have a great series put together. And with this new announcement, I really, truly believe that the Cars Tour is going to be a new feeder series and get the attention that it deserves because the drivers that are in that series are so, so good. And again, this isn't to knock a series like ARCA because ARCA is great for what it's been built for. Um, but it, it's kind of odd to me because the talent depth that is over there in the Cars Tour is so deep. I mean, that's where we see names like Josh Berry. He came out of there. Dale Earnhardt Jr., he raced there for a long, long time. I mean, you can think of a lot of these short track guys that finally do get their opportunity, say, in trucks, Cup, Xfinity. They do really, really well. I think Josh Berry has been the newest addition to that, and it really opened people's eyes to see how important that series is for the history of NASCAR. So let's talk a little bit about the the pole sitter, uh, Alex Bowman. Um, uh, first victory a couple years ago, uh, had him on the show. Of course, um, had the liner there uh, for him that he did for the show. Um, history being made. I mean, six straight front row starts. Um, that that's insane, dude. Is, is there any perspective? I mean, for that, that's absolutely amazing. I just don't know how you can get it on the head every single time. It wasn't even he, really close. No, I mean, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking way way faster. I mean, yeah. two tenths on yeah. the field at Daytona, where everybody has every. T crossed or T's crossed and their eyes dotted. I mean, it, it, it's insane to me that Alex Bowman and that Hendrick Motorsports Group can come to Daytona every single year and just put it on the top of the pylon every single time. I don't even know if there was anybody betting against Hendrick Motorsports being on the pole today uh, because they've just shown that consistency year after year. And I don't know what they've found out. But it has worked, and they don't even have the same crew chief on the 48 this year. So you yeah. can't say that it was Greg Ives. I mean, it, it's incredible to me to see that happen uh, year after year. But Alex Bellman definitely going to be one to be reckoned with today. All right. Well, we're going to go to the MRN uh, broadcast uh, here in a little bit with Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Rusty Wallace. Uh, this uh, Daytona 500 been brought to ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Uh, by uh, Seductions, three locations here in Albuquerque, um, one in Santa Fe. Uh, Hal Burns Trucking Equipment with a 24-hour uh, service for your uh, large vehicles and generators. So if you know you have a generator go out, you, you want to give them a call and uh, uh, Swope Real Estate. Um, so definitely uh, stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more uh, coming up. We're going to do a, a final segment um, and maybe talk a little uh, Martin Trux, Joey Logano, and uh, who we might see uh, right enough up because uh, we have the uh, the final from the practice session from yesterday. Uh, so we'll see uh, who's been fastest out there. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 101.7, the team. 
Hi, this is Martin Truex Jr. You're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN, Albuquerque 101.7, the team. Albuquerque, this is Joey Logano, driver of number 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford, and you're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio Albuquerque 1017. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance. Albuquerque Dragway, Halpern's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And uh, why don't we do a uh, a, uh, a full field rundown uh, before the uh, green flag at 1230 Mountain. Let's do it. So, of course, starting on the front row, Alex Bowman in his ally, Chevrolet, and Kyle Larson in the HendrickCars.com Chevrolet Third, going to be Joey Logano. Fourth, Eric Almarola. Christopher Bell rolling off from the fifth position. Austin Sendrick, sixth. Ryan Blaney, seventh. Eighth is going to go to the nine of Chase Elliott. Chris Buescher rolls off from the ninth position. Brad Keselowski, tenth. That's your top ten. Michael McDowell from the eleventh position. Twelfth position is going to see Corey LaJoy in the number seven. Celius Chevrolet. Four of Kevin Harvick is going to roll from the thirteenth position with... 14th going to Todd Gilliland in the number 38. Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex Jr., Zane Smith, Denny Hamlin, Harrison Burton, Ryan Priest rounds out your top 20. William Byron rolls from 21st with Noah Gregson on his outside in the 22nd position. Ross Chastain in the 23rd position with his teammate Daniel Suarez rolling off in 24th. 25th will be Eric Jones, 26th Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon, Justin Haley, A.J. Allmendinger, and Chase Briscoe rounds out the top 30 there. 31st will be Ricky Stenhouse Jr., B.J. McLeod from 32nd. 33, uh, 33rd is going to be Ty Gibbs in the number 54. That's a new car number four. Joe Gibbs Racing used to be the number 18. Connor Daly making his Daytona 500 debut with Cody Ware, Kyle Busch, Ty Dillon, Riley Herbst, Jimmy Johnson, and, of course, Travis Pastrana rounding out the field for the 65th running of the Daytona 500. So what kind of lap times uh, do we have in the final practice? So final practice is a, a tricky one because only 17 cars took to the track. Of course, a lot of those teams saving what they had. 47.071 seconds was Brad Keselowski who led the way in that final practice session yesterday. Joey Logano, he was second. Ryan Blaney, Ryan Priest, and Harrison Burton rounds out an all-forward top five. But what I want to look at is that first practice session uh, from Friday because that's going to tell us a little bit more about where okay. we were with when everybody was drafting. And a lot of Chevys were up front uh, with some Fords mixed in as well. Jimmy Johnson, he led the way in that practice session. Chase Elliott was second. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. third. Alex Bowman was fourth. That's all Chevys right there. Next group was a pack of Fords with Eric Almarola, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Chase Briscoe, Kevin Harvick, and then... Zane Smith, rookie contender, making his first Daytona 500 start. 
he was 10th. Well, and, and so I thought, well, maybe we'll, we'll give a couple of picks. Um, uh, you know, I, I really think that this may be the year for Ryan Blaney. Um, I, I look for uh, Ryan Blaney to win. Uh, Dark Horse, uh, it seems like a fan favorite. Uh, Corey LaJoy um, are the two I'm going to be watching. Um, who, who do you got uh, in Winter Circle, and who's your Dark Horse? Man, this is this is so hard for me to pick because how do you how do you even try to guess what's going to happen right. in the right. laps that we're about to see in just a little bit? Uh, but like you said, there are so many great stories throughout the field. I like your Corey LaJoy pick. I think that he is going to be a smart driver. We saw a little bit more fierceness in him mm-hmm. in the duels on Thursday. Usually, he's always been one to kind of hide in the back, just let everything finish out, maybe clear some wrecks out of the way, and then if he's in position, go for it in the final couple laps. But that was a different Corey LaJoy the other night. So I like your pick there. As far as my dark horse, I think I'm going to go with somebody like, hmm, how about Travis Pastrana? Dude, how about that? Oh, my gosh. How about the number 67 Black Rifle Coffee Company, Toyota? Uh, I like Travis Pastrana because... He is the only one crazy enough to do something like this. Well, when you have to ask the spotter, why why has the guy got his hand out the window? <laughs> I mean, isn't that the, isn't that the best? And he goes, "Oh man, maybe he's mad that I passed him." Then you know, because it's it's like, hey, hey come up and uh, give me a push. Yeah, but he, the reason for that being my dark horse pick is Travis Pastrana. Sometimes it's a benefit to not know what you don't know. Well, that's true. And when it comes to this type of racing, I think aggressiveness really pays off. I mean, we've seen that with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, He's always up front. I think another driver that I think is going to be my pick for today is going to be Brad Keselowski. How Mm. about that? How about the driver of the number six? He's in it for himself this year. He's ready to make a statement, did not pick up a win last year, and he's ready to get that number six in victory lane in a points-paying race. He almost got it done at Bristol, but I think... The number six of Brad Keselowski, he is going to be up front at the end of the day. All right, so who do you think is going to be the highest finishing Hendrick car? Oof, that's another tough pick. I don't think you can ignore Alex Bowman right. from the pole position, Right. but here's why. Here, Here's my thinking process on Alex Bowman here. He's only been in 13 starts at Daytona. Of <laughs> That's course, like almost 50% on I, the pole. I know. And th- likewise, he's started up front a lot. He's had a lot of opportunity to see what works, what doesn't. But the interesting thing about that is out of those 13 starts at Daytona, only one crash. Mm. So although he hasn't picked up that victory, he has only had one wreck at Daytona. And his average finish, 17.7. I don't know that he's going to be a winner today, but I think he's going to be the highest finisher for Hendrick because he races really smart. He's conservative. I think that you have Kyle Larson. He's all or nothing. We just looked at his stats not long ago. And I think you look at William Byron. He's another one that started up front a lot. He has been turned around backwards. He's been in a couple wrecks at Daytona. And I think that's going to be a little bit interesting to watch from that perspective too. And then Chase Elliott. I don't know if you can even put him on the list as a dark horse because uh, he is so good at this super speedway racing. I just somehow I, I think that Alex Bowman's going to be able to get it done and lead the Hendrick Motorsports Group. All right, so uh, uh, right out of a page, the the little team that could uh, let's call it the little manufactured least amount of cars in the field. Toyota, uh, who's the highest finishing Toyota in this field? With this, I'm going to look at Christopher Bell. 
I think that Christopher Bell, he showed us exactly what he's here to do in the duels. He was fast. He was aggressive. He was smart. He didn't make any enemies, too. And I think that's going to be very important as we roll into the race later on today. Do not have an enemy at the end of the race because you need all the help you can get if you're going to win the Daytona 500. We'll talk about somebody not getting help uh, behind the wheel of a Toyota. Uh, 2016, Martin Truex had this thing won. Uh, got crossed over by his own teammate, uh, Denny Hamlin. So my my heart is going with the highest finisher being Martin Truex. And actually, I, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him get the victory. Um, looks like he's really focused in this year. I know he had talked about uh, retiring, um, but he goes out there and he wins that short track race at the LA Coliseum. So I think this guy is motivated. Um, and I hate to say it, I think Denny Hamlin's a little distracted. Uh, playing team owner a little bit more. Um, but uh, I, I think that the highest finishing Toyota uh, is Martin Truex. Even though I, I know Christopher Bell, I, I know you've raced against Christopher Bell. You know Christopher Bell is going to... Um, He's going to feed you a right rear. You know, I, I know all of that, uh, but still you picked him, so I appreciate that. All right, so uh, we're going to send this over to um, MRN with uh, Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden, and Rusty Wallace. Thank you to uh, Seductions, three locations here in Albuquerque, one in Santa Fe. Um, they actually got some you know, all over the Southwest, Arizona as well. Um, Hal Burns Truck and Equipment with 24-hour service uh, for your uh, large vehicles and for your generators and Swope Real Estate. Um, we're now going to send it over to MRN. Thank you for listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate, here on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Join us daily at nmmotorsportsreport.com and become part of the community. Tune in next week, where your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene. Whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine. If you are into it, we are into it. 